You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Everyone and welcome to the room. We talk all Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This episode number two hundred eighty-eight. We're discussing Batman Day, Star Wars Visions, and the newly announced Disney Plus Day. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Troy, and I'm Carlos. And guys, I tell you what. About eight hours ago, I sat down thinking, "Oh my, we have nothing to talk about tonight." You know, it's that question that is frequently asked by our spouses: When are you going to run out of things to talk about? Well, I thought today was the day, but it turns out. That still a lot happens in a week, even a quiet week in the world of nerd. And we're here to discuss all of that. We just ran through a celebration of our man sitting here with us. The goddamn Batman. September 18th was, in fact, International Batman Day. So there's a lot there. A lot of reveals from the likes of McFarlane, Matt Reeves, DC, and WB themselves to break down here. Very, very exciting. Star Wars Visions hits us this week. All episodes dropping at once. A rarity for Disney+. Plus. So there's going to be a plethora of Star Wars anime to consume this week. And lots of great positive reviews coming out of that one. And Disney Plus Day. This is a new day announced by Disney to celebrate us, the fans of that service, and a whole new slate of content coming at us with Shang-Chi, Jungle Cruise, everything dropping onto that platform at once. So we're going to break that down as well. But before we get into any of that, I got to see what's up with my dudes. How are you guys doing this week? I know it was, it was a hefty week in plastic, I would say. How are you guys uh, How are you guys feeling tonight? Poor. Yeah. Poor. I feel poor. <laughs> I hear you. That is a resounding thing that I think we're all going to speak to this week when it comes to our week in the nerds. You can catch later on in the episode. But guys, let's just jump straight into it. Let's jump into This Week in Nerd. This Week in Nerd it is our weekly news segment where we round up the latest and greatest from the world of nerd. And we got to kick this thing off. I'm not going to delay it any further with Batman Day. This day is literally celebrating our good friend Bruce there, our good friend Carlos, the goddamn Batman himself. An entire day to celebrate this character and the man sitting across from us at the table. And you know what? It was celebrated in quite some fashion with a lot of awesome content releases. We got some new figs. Of course, we got some new McFarlane figs on this day. And we've got some insight again from Matt Reeves, Michael Giacchino, and... I just am excited. I'm excited for the Batman. This day felt like a real kickoff to that campaign that will really kick it into high gear by the time we get to DC fandom. But goddamn Batman, Carlos, how did you celebrate this day in honor of yourself? Man, Batman (laughs) Day this year, it was cool. And thank you so much for that intro. That was amazing. That was amazing. (laughs) Makes me want to go like strap the suit on right now as I sit and record. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it was lower key this year, but s- super cool. Like it was, it was kind of neat. Like woke up in the morning, and there was a couple of our listeners, like Brady and a couple other dudes, that like put out some Happy Batman Day type wishes, and it was just kind of a really cool way to strike out 
this celebration for the character and whatnot. And so that got me hyped and just this big love fest and various friends of the podcast and listeners and everybody else kind of wishing each other all the best on the day. And it was, it was just kind of cool and it was neat to be, uh, be a part of that. And I got to admit, like it made my heart grow three sizes to think that somebody out there, Batman day rolls up and it's like, ah, oh, thinking about Carlos, my man on the nerd room. So that was pretty sweet, man. So that was cool. And that inspired me to head out to my local comic book shop and, hit them up. I was out for the free comic book day, Batman day style goodies and went and talked to the owner. And he's like, dude, I think we forgot to order our books for Batman day. So yeah, so that like that sort of sucked, but no big deal. Um, They're my homies and I hadn't picked up books for a few weeks. So obviously if it's my file at the comic store, I'm going to have a pile of Batman books in there. And man, there were some gems that I hadn't got to just yet, but uh Batman 89, book two. Troy, I don't know if you've dipped into this one yet or not. Yes, sir. Man, I loved it. I loved it. It's like, and I kind of tweeted this, but Batman 89 and Burton's world is rad. Like, it's got this cool um, sensibility to it, and it's very unique, but it's very surface level. And this book kind of takes you one step deeper and makes Gotham like this living thriving thing that has issues and it introduces like a community for the first time and you get to see how the greater world is responding to the existence of a Batman and how this the city government and the people there uh, reconcile his existence and then like what they're doing to introduce is Robin like man Troy you're my man when it comes to Robin yes, what are sir. you thinking of this I'm I'm, oh, loving, I'm loving it, it myself <clears throat> I'm loving it. Well, uh, from day one, actually, that first issue, I was digging it. I think we talked maybe outside of the podcast. We're talking about it's really cool how he's really kind of looked at as this Robin Hood figure, you know, Mm -hmm. the mythical Robin Hood from from the olden days, as opposed to just like the Robin that we all know and love. And I know they've tried to implement that sometimes in the backstory of Robin, that he was fond of Robin Hood, but they actually did a really good job in this book. But they took it even a step further with this issue, issue two. Um kind of explaining the name a little bit better. There's some words that are going back and forth when they're, you know, wrestling around in that one scene yeah. and they kind of misheard another name. So we kind of realized how we, he gets his name, Robin, which is really cool. Um, I think it's interesting that they went the Tim Drake route. It's yes. definitely Drake, right? Like it's not the Haley Circus. It's not Dick. It's obviously not Jason. Cause I don't think they mentioned his name. Did they mention Drake in the issue one? I think his I name is. Remember. He, Drake, isn't it? I? I watched Titans too, so I might be crossing my Robin introductions. <laughs> right, because right. I, I, yeah, because I mean, I know he popped up in book one, obviously, but I couldn't remember if he, they they called him by his name. But they clearly call him Drake in book two. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, they're going there. But no, I, I agree with you, man. I really love what they're doing with Gotham. I've like, this is probably the most connected I've ever felt actually to the to Gotham and like the other subdivision. Is it Burnside? I think it's called or yep. the other community. But yep. it's really cool how you have like how Gotham looks at Batman and this other community looks at Batman and Batman actually doesn't even feel like the biggest character in this book. Book two no. really feels like a Harvey Dent story and I'm all there for it, man. My only thing is I just, I wish the art was a little better, a little mm-hmm. better, but apart from that, like I'm all in, I think this is going to be a great six issue miniseries. I'm down. Yeah. No, the writing is great. And it, like, yeah, the, the art has this cartoony sensibility to it, but I think a lot of it came out of, them trying to just nail the look of that Batman. Like, cause Batman in that bat suit looks awesome. 
and then everything yeah. else kind of yeah. takes its cues off. It's like if I was drawing a, a comic book. It's like, yeah, you can draw the superhero really well, but everything else looks kind of off. But uh, yeah, man, I loved it. And I loved how they had Bruce kind of fallen on hard times because of circumstances that Bra- Batman brought. So he has to lean in yes. to being Bruce to kind of fix the issues that he's caused. And, yeah. and a major yeah. eye-opener. I mm-hmm. love that. Yeah. Yeah, where he's like, oh, shoot, maybe I can do things a better way. And I like how they use Alfred. Yeah. So, yeah, man, this mm-hmm. one's a winner for me all the way around. So Batman 89 was one of the books I picked up Batman Day. And then the other one was uh, I Am Batman, which is really the big stride forward for John Ridley's Jace Fox uh, characters stepping into the mantle. And, man, I love this issue so much. Like, he is a completely different version of Batman but just as cool as Bruce Wayne and like I, I like the story was cool in future state. And then they did a bunch of background stuff. And I don't know if it's because they were trying to time all the different threads to coincide with the end of like Tinian's run and where they're taking the story going forward or, or whatnot. But like, it, it felt like Jace was kind of, he was, they were spinning their wheels and trying to figure out exactly what they wanted for his background story. But now that they've got him and he's strapping on that suit and he's all sorted, I love it. I love it all. I love yeah. his background. I love yeah. how they explain where he got his training from, which was super yeah. cool. And uh, man, like Oliver Copiel drawing this book, oh. like oh. oh, his art. This this is the best Jace's Batman has looked. Like, wow, does this book look good? Like, I, I, you know, Future States was awesome. Is a really cool introduction to that character. I think next Batman was that other little mini series, the Second was, Son, yeah, the Second Son, which was okay, but this one, Oliver Capel's art, this uh, Jace is really coming to his own. I love how much like Bruce Wayne, he's adapted another face, and he mm-hmm. starts it off right at the beginning of the book. How he talks about basically, he's kind of giving his his father Lucius Fox this new kind of face, like yeah, I'm ready to play ball with you, but it's not really Jace. He also has the other side, and that's so Bruce Wayne Batman, but also in a different way. And I mm-hmm. love that they're actually honing in on that in this book, and that's in the first like two pages. And I was like, bam, I'm all in this book. So it's yeah. great. And everything, even just his mindset as to why he's Batman is so yeah. different than Bruce, but they're still serving the same the same goal of making Gotham a better place and mm-hmm. making it safe for the city. Like, man, just so good. So good. Like, and they hit the ground running with that first interaction that he has with the kids doing graffiti. And it's like they established, oh. like Ridley's just so masterful at like, painting a very clear picture with his writing as to this guy is Batman, but he's not at all Bruce Wayne's Batman, mm-hmm. but he's his own thing and he's going to be just as cool. So and th- this is the thing I like about here, hearing you guys talk about these Batman stories and all that. Like you're coming with a guy that's been reading Batman since forever for your whole life. And you got Troy who's been reading Batman for well over a decade. And you guys are still blown away by this character that's been around for what, like 80 years you yeah. still can be blown yeah. away by that. Yeah. And that, that goes to the power of like why this day exists and why this character mm. has had how many iterations across film, TV, comics, like all over the place, but they're still finding originality in this character, which blows my mind. Like the fact that Carlos, you in particular, can still be taken away by a particular adaptation of this character is such a testament to the writers and the creatives behind all of this. And I think we're going to get there with Matt Reeves too, 
But like mm-hmm. I look to you guys to kind of gauge where Batman is because realistically, this character should have run its course in 80 years of storytelling or whatever it's been, the exact number. But it hasn't. It's still here, which is which mm-hmm. is wild to me. Yeah, man, because he, he can always adapt with the times, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the swinging 60s, he was one way, and then... You know, you you come into the angsty 80s and he's another way. And yeah, it's, he's just so malleable Mm -hmm. and you can tailor him to fit the times. And, you know, if you're dealing with the Jace version of the character, it's got a very clear purpose. But even what they're doing with Bruce right now, they're like totally reinventing him without stripping away all those things that make him great. Like it's, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. And yeah, the, uh. Uh, the sh- people shepherding Batman for like, I've been buying the books off the spinner racks since the mid eighties. And you know, I, yeah, I'm consistently, like you said, consistently engaged and consistently loving what they're doing. So yeah, yeah man, it was cool. It was cool. And they're, they're taking and things down, to... down new avenues too, right? With audio adventures, which I want you yeah, to talk so about I, here. Yeah. I tried out, uh, HBO Max is Batman The Audio Adventures and I know it's available on the HBO Max app and I saw it somewhere else but like it's even on Apple iTunes up here so I just downloaded it the same way I download our podcast or any of our friends podcasts and I was able to give it a spin it was cool like I, I liked it enough but it's it would be something really awesome for guys with kids kind of your age or just a bit older because it's very family friendly and um, it's a little sillier than I would take it. Like the last audio book, audio adventure type thing I listened to was the Sandman. So this was like a <laughs> massive culture shock for me. Um, but it was, it was well done. Lots of talent. So I liked it. But the thing that I loved was Jeffrey Wright doing the voice of Batman. Oh, he did like, Batman. Oh, okay. I saw yeah. it. So his name's on there. Jeffrey Wright, Rosario Dawson, Jason Sudeikis and John Leguizamo are all mm-hmm. on tap providing voices. But I thought Jeffrey would have been Commissioner Gordon in this. No, he does Batman. Wow. And it is cool. And it's like, I think, so the first episode, it, and it's kind of broken up into chapters and little mini stories. And some of the things are just little commercials that they do set in Gotham. And then other things are just little mini interactions like Rosario Dawson's. Uh, she does a sting on like a mob boss kind of thing. So she's Catwoman as the, as the story plays out, it's revealed. And uh, with him, like uh, it starts off as like a hostage taking type thing, or it's a two face story. So you're hearing lots of two face going back and forth between Harvey Dent and two face. And that actually might be Jason Sudeikis doing that voice, but you hear Batman on the comm to Robin. And like right away, I was like, that is a cool Batman voice. And it takes you a bit before you pick up that it's Jeffrey Wright. I had forgot that it was him, but cool. uh, man, I loved his voice as Batman. Like he's everywhere right now, man. And he's a watcher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Commissioner Gordon yeah. and Batman. Yeah. Unreal. <laughs> yeah. He can do it all. He can do it all, man. They're turning out those Westworld robots. Bernard. They're making Bernard for Marvel, Bernard for DC, <laughs> Bernard for HBO. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I made it far enough in that show to know that about that, that joke, for sure. <laughs> yeah, man. And then the one thing I will share with everybody out there, there is something karmic happening on Batman Day with me. Cause uh I decided to treat myself. I decided to go for a Dairy Queen ice cream cone and my ticket, my order number, 
Whoa, no way. No way. Then, <laughs> a few hours later, I decide to stop for a coffee. I look at my receipt. Order number, 89. Get and out of like, here. Shoot. Once is kind of cool, but twice, that's the universe talking. Yes. That's the universe talking. So Amazing. Well, everyone was talking on Batman Day. You had Matt Reeves out here posting a photo on Batman Day, showing off him in the editing room, being safe, masked up. We've got Robert Pattinson there with a cool grappler pointing up in the air. We've got the composer of the Batman celebrating with a little tune. And I freaking love the score for this and the theme of Batman. To me, it hits. You also had Annie Muschietti pumping out a Batman suit with a Flash logo spray painted across it. So, mm-hmm. Troy, we've got all of this content coming at us on mm-hmm. Batman Day from creators that are actively involved in bringing Batman back to the big screen. Where does this put you hype level on Batman Day to see not only the celebration, but the content that we're getting and how much closer and almost like palpable across the internet that this movie both the flash and the batman feel right now oh just hype man non-stop hype because like when i saw the yeah the matt reeves in the editing room i was like dope like that matt reeves film it's it's coming to life like i mentioned i think it was shang chi maybe suicide squad actually and when i saw the batman trailer same trailer we've all seen but seen on the big screen i was like wow so that movie is like sinking for me like i'm i'm completely there but I gotta say, man, it, it's it's Andy Machete's to the Flash. Seeing that keen suit, but graffitied over with the red and like the Flash lightning bolt, I was like, "Come on!" Like this is it's 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 so hard to believe. Like we're actually getting this. Mm-hmm. Like we are actually getting yeah. Keaton, Flash, and Affleck's Batman. So every time I see new press images or photos, I always gotta remind myself like this is a reality. Like this is actually going down. So for me, that has my hype just up there, and also. Um, the one that we have scoring the film now. Um, uh, Michael Giacchino. Giacchino, yeah, who did Rogue One. Yeah. And I love that score in Rogue One. I think he even did some stuff in Rebels too. I think he scored some of the Rebels music. But um, I love what he did in that movie. And I feel like Rogue One is one of those films that had such a cool scope. And the cinematography was pretty cool in that film too. That I think it's going to go hand to hand in this Batman film. Especially when you have um, the talent behind that film making it happen. So... I, I'm just stoked, man. Like I've been mentioning before, I think we're we're all spoiled and we all just gotta love this comic filth that is upon yeah. us because we have so much goodness <laughs> this year, whether it's Marvel or DC. And uh, I'm just all here for it, man. I'm all here for it. It's great. Yeah. Carlos, this yeah. this spray paint, this graffitied up bat suit, are you reading any more into that than it just being a celebratory tweet by Andy Muschetti? Or is this pointing us at something inside of the flash i think it's just celebratory and i think it was done um to promote the fact that yeah it's batman day and batman's in this movie but it's a flash Mm -hmm. movie Mm -hmm. and so and like any muschietti's he's a pretty astute guy and so he's got to know that every time he puts out stuff about the flash michael keaton's batman is kind of Mm -hmm. eclipsed ezra miller as the flash (laughs) Maybe rightfully so. I can say that. Sanjay's not with us today. There's no fight. So, um, 
I think doing the red with the with the lightning bolt on it, it's something fun. It's something striking. Got people talking, but it was his way of saying, "Yes, we got Batman. We got all the Batmans, but it's a Flash movie." Yeah. So I that mm. that's as much as I read into what he was saying there. And then, man, that Matt Reeves image, that out of focus Batman pointing the grapple, mm-hmm. like that thing has done it to me ever since Tim Burton did it with Batman '89 throwing the focus on the on the golden spear or throwing the focus on Keaton's face. Like, I don't know. And so, like, I've always been hyped, but that stupid image on the screen there. Like, I, I was like, how can I make this my wallpaper on my phone? <laughs> oh, man. Like, like you said, it's, it's seeing some of this really come to life. And I would say for this score, you outside of maybe the composers probably listen to this the most when it comes to that mm-hmm. trailer, like that, that pulsing of the score. Oh, there's something about it that just, it takes me away. Almost. You know, the, we talk about the score being an important character in film. And I think films like the Batman need to have that, right? Like the score almost gives life to Gotham, gives life to the scenes when it maybe doesn't have any dialogue. And the score has to swell and take over there. What he's putting together for that theme, I don't care what anyone says. I am friggin' digging it. Yeah, it's cool. Like it, it feels like it's conveying Pattinson's Batman's emotions. Mm-hmm. Yes, type of thing, right? Like he, there's just something building within him, and uh, we're gonna see what happens as he unleashes that, right? And has to deal with the things that face him in Gotham. And Giacchino, he's like. He's got that perfect sensibility for something like this because much like he did with Rogue One, but the thing that really got me excited was his work on the Spider-Man movies with Mm -hmm. Marvel because he does small things to give you that fan service to tie things to those nostalgic pieces that you know and love while doing his very own unique score, right? Like just his little stinger that he does using the old Spider-Man theme Mm. during the opening credits kind of thing, right? And then right into his score and um, far from home, like the, his Spider-Man score. And then with what he did with the Mysterio and that synth sound that he used for him. Like, yeah, I couldn't ask for a better guy to be scoring the Batman. So I'm there. It's, it's happening. It's happening. And the last thing on Batman day, you know, with all these releases, so much going on in celebration of this character, of course, Todd McFarlane, I had to throw his two cents oh. into the ring here. And I'm gonna let you guys take this away. Of course, it's it's McFarlane's another wave of McFarlane's, but this actually might be a wave that I have some particular interest in. So so Carlos, touch on these uh new figs that that Uncle Todd has dropped in front of us. Yeah, two cents, maybe two thousand cents <laughs> times times six, but uh yeah, he dropped the three Jokers wave on us, or at least the first images of mm-hmm. the three Jokers wave on Batman Day. And it was kind of cool how he did it because he teased out Red Hood first. And then a couple hours later, he teases out Batgirl. And then he drops this money shot of the three Jokers all together once people figured out that it was a three Jokers wave. And then the piece de resistance was the Batman that he showcased at the end of it. And Man, like this thing met effusive praise all over the internet. Like people that you don't hear talking about the McFarlane figures were talking about the McFarlane figures, and like 
everyone's clamoring for that Batman because he's like a perfect comic book looking Batman where he's got that black and gray, mm. but he's got the yellow oval and Jason Fabok argue oh. I think like the Batman artist of the current generation, like post Jim Lee. Like he's he's the man, I think. He's probably my favorite. So yeah, he nailed these figures. And this is a special story for me, to be honest. Like, I loved that we read this all together on mm-hmm. the podcast and we kind of went through it and stuff. So, yeah, it gets a big thumbs up for me. I love the look of all the figures. And I also give a thumbs up to you collecting this way. <laughs> hey, man. Not only are they, they look beautiful, when they released the photo, when Uncle Todd released the photo there, I honestly had to zoom in to see if that was like a like a drawn photo or if it was actual figures. That's how good mm. these figures look. Troy, I know I know you've been doing the McFarlands here and there. Oh yeah. Are, are these three jokers and that Batman coming in? Oh listen, <laughs> I, I McFarlane's been killing it. I love what McFarlane's doing, but I'm very particular when it when it comes to villains because I don't really collect a lot of villains. Man, am I ever <laughs> glad I waited for these three jokers to be released because the killing joke joker is no joke. Yeah. Like man, it with looks the hat? for mm-hmm. with the hat that but the piercing eyes, yeah. the fact that they could capture those eyes and like the way they set up that shot right out of the comic when they're all lined up on the table and you have like the old school joker in the middle blows me away. Like this guy just keeps outdoing himself every wave. You know, you might not like every figure out of the wave, but there's going to be one figure that outdoes it from the last previous set and he's killing it. And then obviously, you know, because Carlos and I are going back and forth, three jokers were the first reveal and we're like, man, we got to get that Batman. And then they drop uh, Jason. I think it is. And Jason looks amazing because we were talking even when the comic book dropped, we needed Jason McFarlane line from the Fabric verse, and they gave it to us. Then we get Barbara Gordon; she looks great. This is actually the best looking Batgirl figure, I'd say. But yep. then they hit us obviously with the Bruce, the real deal Bruce Wayne Batman, with like the classic look. But like Carlos already mentioned it, you know, kind of has the Batman Incorporated kind of you know emblem going on. No, no black trunks going on, but he just looks perfect. And that face sculpt, it just screams Jason's art. And I'm, I'm all there. Like, I think I got to get everything from this wave. Like I, I, cause, cause I wanted this, like Carlos and I were reading this book and like, we need these figures. And so I got to buy it all now. I can't, I can't walk out on it, man. I'm just, I'm blown away by, by, by what he's doing here. It's phenomenal for the price point, especially $24.99 in Canada seven inch figures whereas if you go to the disney store or maybe a toys r us if you look at the seven inch marvel selects figures those things could be anywhere from like 34 to 39 dollars mm-hmm. and these things articulate better and look better in some ways too so can't go wrong here man i, I think i think i'm gonna do it here you guys have heaped so much praise on this i've read the books <laughs> in celebration yes. of batman day or a belated batman day as we are here on the podcast i will commit to buying those three jokers Right here, nice. Wicked. So if yeah, once they're great, man. Once they're out, I'm I'm down. I'm in. Come on, you can spend what seventy bucks. We'll talk about when we talk about our weekend. Order. I spent seventy bucks this weekend in about ten minutes <laughs> <laughs> on random figures, and one of the figures I bought was forty. So well, there you go. You get two McFarlands almost for that. Exactly. So ah man, <laughs> Batman Day. You know I'm a big fan of these celebratory days because it puts a point in time for releases like this to happen i think it's cool that this is a wb endorsed or dc endorsed and sponsored event where you get people talking very positively about these characters and what's coming you know this is a little bit of a tease for what we're gonna get at dc fandom 
And I know Matt Reeves is in there cutting that trailer. I bet you that scene's in the trailer. Oh, yeah, man. For sure. For <laughs> sure. It's got to be. It's got to be. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy, man. And, like, the bat signal lightings around the world. Yeah. And, like, the Bat Wheels trailer, which was hilarious. I was like, yeah, good for you guys. Oh, yeah, because we got Duke as Robin in that, right? I th- In that. Uh, well, yeah, there's that the Batman, like, family book that he's doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe. Because we have, like, Duke as a Robin, then we have, like, a new Batgirl. I think it might have been, like, Orphan or Spoilers Robin. Or Spoilers Batgirl. I don't know, but they changed up the cast a little bit. It looks it looks great. I think Ethan Hawke is voice yes. acting Batman. Yes. In that, yeah. in that one, yeah. Ah, so yeah. much. So yeah. much Batman cool. content. And uh, until next year, when we'll have seen the Batman on the next Batman day. And we'll I'll be already past the Flash as well, I think. Or close to it. Maybe. Close to it. We'll have to campaign Telus to throw the bat signal in their building. Yes. Bring it. Bring it to YYC, man. Yeah. They put anything on that building. Yeah. Why not the bat signal? <laughs> All right, guys. Let's move on to our next news item here. We're going to talk about some recent successes we've seen with two movies, both in the theater and at home. So let's let's talk about it. Zack Snyder's Justice League. You guys can go back and check out our very long review of that film, that four-hour film where we heaped a ton of praise on it. Me being the most pessimistic going into that, I believe I gave it an A- minus rating, which was the lowest rating on our review panel for that film, surprising all of us. And now this was an HBO Max exclusive, but they have released a both a Steelbook or a Blu-ray DVD single copy, as well as a trilogy of the Zack Snyder's trilogy, Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman and Zack Snyder's Justice League all out there. And I know you guys have picked them up. Uh, Nico and the boys have picked them up. Sanjay has got about eight copies of these because that will never be taken away from him. But it wasn't just you guys buying it. Everyone was seemingly buying this film on Blu-ray, DVD, whatever it was, HD, Blu-ray. Because it outsold literally everything. It had a substantial last couple of weeks just dropped here in Canada on the 14th. I believe it was the seventh. It dropped in the U S but it was outselling the number two Blu-ray by a five to one margin. So a massive amount of support thrown behind this coming out to the physical media. The physical media is, is in my opinion, it's slowly going away, but this does show that the right movie, the right support can have substantial effect on this market. And if I'm being honest with you, I kind of feel left out because <laughs> everyone went and bought this thing. <laughs> you know, in my mind, it's like it's free on HBO Max or up here on Crave. But now I'm feeling a little cold, guys. <laughs> well, you can probably get one off Sonny because he had, he bought so many. He had duplicates that he was like, hey, any, you guys want, want one of these? Anybody want one of these? So if you go back in our DM today, there's literally an offer from him. <laughs> if you want to get, well, it, it's so funny because Sanjay's, Sanjay's theory on supporting the physical media is that he's going to buy as many as possible and get the one without any dents or anything and then send them all back to Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> so did you, I believe you guys both, did you both picked up Zack Snyder's Justice League in physical copy? I know you did, Carlos, right? Yeah, I got mine. And it was cool because in Canada, we got a digital code with ours, oh, right which on. wasn't the case south of the border. So yeah, I'd have it on our, uh, I guess it's our Google Play account too. So yeah, no, it was cool. I just got the the one 4K with the Blu-ray inside and stuff like that. And yeah, it's nice to have that one locked up. And it's, it's a gorgeous looking movie on 4K or Blu-ray. And 
Uh, in fact, I was watching just that last bit again right before oh. we started recording there. So, mm. oh man, but like you said, Troy, that oh. Zach crack. Obviously, oh. everybody's <laughs> got to have a hit because if it's right. out selling, like, and there's some decent movies out right now that have gotten uh, physical media releases, and if uh, Snyder Cut is selling as well as it is, goes to say something. Yep, it certainly does. Like I, this weekend was the first time I've been in a Best Buy in like two years. And it was nowhere to be found in there. Wow. Yeah. I saw Black Widow was in there, everything kind of more recently, but there's no Zack Snyder's Justice League. Troy, did you pick it up? No, but I need to. I, I thought I could play the game of just walking in and grabbing a, a steelbook, but like those days are over, man. So I really want to get my hands on the steelbook, but it's pretty hard to find. And if I but do check find the it, DM, it's man. super yeah, expensive. Sonny's got like well, eight copies of it. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, well, Sunny hooks it up. I'll definitely buy it off him. If not, um, my Walmart does have a couple copies left on Blu-ray. But I don't know if there's a 4K. You, Carlos said there's a 4K copy out there too. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I got to the grab 4K. That. Yeah, okay, and the 4K comes with the that. Blu-ray, and it came with the digital too. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah, I might need that one in my life, man. Because that movie. Do you know? Did they expand the aspect ratio, or do they stay true to the HBO Max? <laughs> no, it's got that. It's got that whatever it was aspect ratio so just because here's what it is <laughs> that's totally what it was it was yeah it is what it is the way he wanted it it's it's a beautiful film so it's out there guys yeah. again sunny would be if he was here he would be definitely up on a soapbox saying go out and support physical media and and praising the success of this and showing that yeah we need more of this but it's coming and uh, it's out there right now. But Shang-Chi, another film, another comic book movie film that is having a great amount of success in its theatrical run. So the pandemic era, we've chronicled this time and time again about what this means for this industry. And Marvel seems to be propping it up because the top two films of this year are both Black Widow and Shang-Chi MCU films. Shang-Chi racked up another $21 million this past weekend at the box office. It's third week as number one, and it pulls it to just shy of $180 million domestically, which is very close behind Black Widow's $183 million domestically. Yes, it did have the Disney Plus release, and this one has been exclusive in theaters, but by this time next week, Shang-Chi will be the number one film in the pandemic era domestically. Globally, it's got a little work to do to eclipse Black Widow, but it's still sitting at north of $300 million. So this is a very impressive run for this film. It goes to show not only the power of Marvel, but the power of this character of Shang-Chi that is going to be a part of the MCU going forward, hopefully. And it is interesting that we are now seeing what the legs on these films can be inside of the pandemic era. So real substantial data to show that the theatric experience is alive and it will continue. And we're going to see Shang-Chi here in November, guys, again, which will likely coincide with a drop of our review when it comes out on Disney+, Plus, which we'll talk about here in just a few minutes. But it is good to see that the theaters are benefiting from this 45-day run of Shang-Chi. And we're going to get into Venom here, in the next week or two, we're going to get into Eternals not too far after that. So hopefully we're out of the fourth wave up here. But I kind of like where we're sitting because that means I can go to the theater and there's only a third of the amount of people in there. Or you got to show your vaccine <laughs> to get in. So I actually feel safer inside of our fourth wave going to the theaters. But again, great success for, for Shang-Chi. Have you guys checked this out a second time? 
or is this a one-timer and we'll catch it on Disney Plus here in a few weeks? Yeah, that's my plan. Was We saw it the one time and then focusing on Disney Plus mm-hmm. and yeah, got got my Venom tickets all locked up. So nice. if uh, worst case, I'll take the hit for the for the rest of the team there, but at least <laughs> it's only 90 minutes. I, I will see that one. <laughs> Huddled in a corner with my N95 on <laughs> midday somewhere. <laughs> so, all right, let's, let's jump over to the Star Wars universe for a little bit here. And Troy, I really want to get your take on this one because we've talked about Star Wars Visions before. This anthology series that is taking a ton of names from very talented folks and talented studios inside of the anime form of visual storytelling. And it's dropping, the entire season of this is dropping on Disney Plus on Wednesday. So one day ago as this episode drops. Each episode ranges from 22 minutes to 13 minutes long. And... Like I was saying, this is kind of unique because we're getting everything at once. We're getting a couple hours worth of anime content inside of the Star Wars universe. Now, the reviews started to drop from the people that got the early screeners for all this. And the reviews actually praising the, the originality, the design, the action, the storytelling, and how it highlights and integrates this visual style, this vis- visual medium of, of anime and brings it to Star Wars. The only detraction, this again coming from IGN, is the plots start to blend together and this whole one dump release doesn't benefit in the same way. So they're suggesting to break it up a little bit when you do watch it in a similar fashion to what we have been or how we have been consuming most shows on Disney plus. So give this a little break in between was really the only recommendation, but Troy, is this a one sitting viewing for you? I know you love this (laughs) medium and it's star Wars. So how are you going to be consuming this one when it drops here tomorrow? Yeah. So I'll probably break this up just because of time wise. I mean, if I did have the time, I would probably just binge the whole thing because I actually am pretty fairly excited and I feel like Star Wars is on a pretty Mm. good high right now with everything they're putting out, but they're in a weird spot because Marvel is killing it too on the same platform they share, which is Disney Plus. So I think they kind of got to lend a little more light to Marvel to do their thing. Therefore, they can kind of just drop this all at once and then get ready and amped up for the Mando to drop or not Mando, the book of Boba Fett to drop in November. So I think it's actually a kind of smart idea for them to just drop it all at once here. Let everybody have their hype for at least that day, that week, maybe even two weeks. And they'll kind of fizzle out and continue forward with a uh, book of Boba Fett. But no, I am really excited to see what they're going to do just because I feel like the gloves are kind of off with this one mm-hmm. and you can kind of go anywhere you want in this universe, but with such a cool art style and different art styles in the anime genre. Um, it's cool, man. I think it's, I think it's going to be subtitled, right? So there is no good, there's no American dub. It's just going to be fully Japanese voice acted. I believe. I'm not sure, but that would be really cool. I hope so. I hope so because I'm a big sucker for just seeing the Japanese mm-hmm. voices, especially going to Dragon Ball Z days. So I hope they kind of let that play out, and then we can just have the subtitles go over it because that really just kind of kind of takes me into that world of of anime. So I hope they stick to those roots. I mean, if not, I'm sure we'd have the option of changing mm-hmm. it on our own. So mm-hmm. either way though, I'm there for it, man. But like I did mention before, I think with trailer number two, um, there was some different episodes going off the animation that did worry me a little bit. Remind me of the Street Fighter Alpha days. But besides that, <laughs> <No>! <laughs> besides that, I I think we're in for a treat. I think we're in for a treat. Yeah. Definitely. And it's gonna bring a, a really nice exposure to the art style as well mm-hmm. and like you said the nice thing about this the originality of it is i think they've pretty much thrown canon at the window and this is almost like an elseworld story inside of star wars mm. so there's no no concerns about trying to fit into the universe or put it in a certain spot so that it tied into this this is kind of its own thing telling its own story which is 
kind of new for Star Wars, at least in the Disney era, not having mm-hmm. some of these boundaries put up. So I kind of like that aspect of it is that it it feels like something complete and you don't have to worry about its low barrier for entry. And it's something, like you said, it's it's another Star Wars piece on this platform that is bridging out what is turning out to be a really great year in Star Wars on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. So, Carlos, is this uh, is this a big one for for you and and your household? I know you guys are are appointment watching for a lot of this stuff. Is this new visual style something that is going to land? Oh yeah, like my daughter's been talking about it like every couple of days. Star Wars Vision is is coming out in X amount of days. Oh, Star Wars Visions is next Love week, it. so she's she's super hyped and yeah, it's going to be the mad dash to see which one of the kids gets home first, and because I've on strict orders that I'm not allowed to watch what if in the middle of my day. And um, obviously I can't dip into this one. So it'll be a, a race to see who wins the cat fight kind of thing. So that, but I, I do love that they both want to experience these things with me. So that's awesome. Um, it's a good problem to have. Yeah. And then as far as what, like the drop all at once, I think that's a great idea because with doing such diverse takes on the content in the various anime styles, like, it's all art and art is subjective and there might be an episode or a style that doesn't work for somebody. So instead of, and we kind of all know what the fandoms can do if something's not quite to their taste or they don't get it right away. Instead of having something that could be eviscerated sitting there for Mm -hmm. a a week or two, or maybe starting off with the wrong one and people not giving it a chance, you got the whole thing right in front of you. You can run through it all. And if there's one that's not for you, just jump to the next one and, uh, see if that's more to your palate. And you know what? My advice is just try it all. And, you know, the best example I can give you is Batman Gotham Knight. Like, it's the exact same idea. And there was a bunch of them I didn't like when I first watched it. And now, like, I just, I love the whole thing. And I love them all for different reasons type of deal. Like, of course, the Batman versus Deadshot one is still the best because it has that baller animation. But still... <laughs> Still, I I dig it all. So, yeah, it, I think it was a very astute move on the part of Disney to drop it all at once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And these are consumable in very short sittings. Like, I think a couple of them clock mm-hmm. in just at 13 minutes. And I believe the longest was 22. So these aren't massive time commitments either. And like you said, that the subjectivity of, of art sometimes doesn't work. And this is the thing that concerns me the most because I've never been completely enthralled by that art. But I'm definitely going to sit down and check this out. Like, of course I have to, right? It's it's Star Wars, and it, it's a different take that has some roots in the origin of where George Lucas pulled some of this stuff from, right? Mm-hmm. And and so it's kind of a cool thing. And it's surprising they haven't done more of this, actually, with Star Wars in the past 40 years, 50 years, whatever it's been, since, uh, since the inception of this franchise. So really cool way to step and experience Star Wars differently in, uh, in Disney+. Plus. Just before we get to... The Book of Boba Fett, Mando season three, and the explosion of Disney Plus in Star Wars. But it's not only that where Disney Plus is is really ramping up their content. You know, we're a couple years in to Disney Plus, and we started off very, very slow. We started off with, I think our main criticism was this just feels like a really big library. And now it's hard to keep up with everything, the amount of stuff yeah. that they're putting mm-hmm. out. <laughs> and this coming November, November 12th. They just announced they're having Disney Plus Day. So it's a celebratory event, very similar fashion to to Batman Day, but celebrating all of Disney Plus. This is to thank the subscribers with new content 
fan experiences, and much more. And the big things are going to be landing. We get Shang, Shang-Chi, I should say, and The Legend of the Ten Rings will be dropping on November 12th. Jungle Cruise, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I've yet to see that, yet to pull the trigger. Now I have a, an end date. going to wait for that one. We get Troy. To much of your surprise, we get Home Sweet Home Alone. <laughs> the Home Home Alone <laughs> reboot. We've got a bunch of Pixar and Disney animation shorts dropping on. Simpsons. We've got Jeff Goldblum back in the driver's seat of his show, The World According To. And the big ones for us here, guys, are a Star Wars special look and a Marvel special look coming out on November 12th. Now, it was later revealed by Disney what these two special looks are. The first one being, for Star Wars, a special celebration of the origins and legacy of Star Wars legendary bounty hunter Boba Fett. So this is likely going to be a, I would say, a compilation of whether it was from the OT, some of the stuff that we got later on, and probably our first substantial look, whether it's behind the scenes or a pseudo trailer for the book of Boba Fett will be about a month or so out, I believe from that. And this is a great time to get into and get ready for a book, book of Boba Fett. I really hope it's not like, what was the Marvel legends little series they're doing where it was mm. like just a compilation of what happened before they did one for Wanda and vision Falcon winter soldier, no new content there. I'm really hoping they take the opportunity here to, to pump out the book of Boba Fett and give us our first look there. And then we also have the MCU piece, which is going to be a look into the future of the MCU on Disney+. Plus. So hopefully a first look at Miss Marvel, maybe She-Hulk, maybe Moon Knight. Mm. Who knows what we're going to see in there. But, but Troy, we've got a lot of content here. I know you're super stoked about the Home Alone reboot. <laughs> but, but what's exciting you about, about this Disney day? and specifically about the Boba Fett stuff and what we're going to see potentially in the future or for the future of the MCU on Disney+. Plus. Oh, for me, it's definitely, I mean, besides Home Alone, it's definitely <laughs> uh, that <laughs> that book of Boba Fett. I, I think this is cool. I think this is uh, long overdue, man. Um, you know, going back to one of the celebrations and hearing Jon Favreau go in depth about Boba Fett and the Western aspect of Star Wars, you could get a good general sense of love that he has, not only for Star Wars, but for Boba Fett. And going into the Mando, we didn't know Boba Fett was going to be in the mm-hmm. show. We assumed, we guessed, but we didn't know. But you could always tell John Favreau wanted to do a Boba Fett show or a movie. And I think we're going to get some really cool kind of words from him, just talking mm-hmm. about his experience working on the show, where he wants to take the character. Because, yeah, man, you can see it. I think it was him and uh, Filoni when they were talking at one point about how they collaborated during like the Iron Man times and rebels. Yes. And now here we are with book of Boba Fett. So I just can't wait to see that stuff. Cause for me, I love seeing the passion between these content or well, these film creators um, going in depth about the storyboards and the planning. And I just cannot wait to see them talk about it. Cause I mean, the best thing was when we saw Favreau obviously talk about star Wars and what the prequels meant mm-hmm. leading into the OT trilogy and the saga that was cool. So I hope we're going to get something along those lines here with just the book of Boba Fett because, um, man, this character's had a big renaissance since since his debut. Well, not debuted, but returned in Mando Season 2. Mm-hmm. So that's basically what I just kind of want to see and what I'm anticipating the most, I'd say, after all this stuff. But in general, I think this is a cool kind of idea, too. Like this mm-hmm. Disney Plus Day, I think this is... I love events, you know, when we got like fandom and celebration <laughs> and, and now we got Disney Plus going on, too, and Shang-Chi dropping on day. So... 
it's going to be great, man. Good times. Yeah, it, it's probably going to pale in comparison. I want Disney to put more effort into their their virtual conferences. To let's yeah. really pump this up because fandom, I think, is going to blow us out of the water. But you're right; it, it's a cool yeah. little little celebratory piece where we get a whole bunch of new content, and it's a Friday actually as well. And so it'll be okay. kind of building into a weekend. Probably going to be quite cold here by then, so it'll be, it'll be a nice <laughs> time for us, kind of getting ready to get into the holiday season with some of this and getting prepped for the book of Boba Fett. Now, Carlos, is this MCU stuff? It's said to be forward looking, something towards the future. What are we going to see? Do you think? What are we going to see? Is it just Miss Marvel, or is it a bit more of that than that? No, well, because Hawkeye will have dropped by then, right? Uh, not quite. Or... It'll be a couple weeks shy of, of Hawkeye. Hawkeye, I think, is the 24th or something like that. Okay, so we'll probably get a bunch of teas for Hawkeye. Mm. And then, yeah, the, the Miss Marvel stuff we'll get. And I think we'll get a touch of She-Hulk and probably Heavy and Moon Knight. They'll probably tie some of the Shang-Chi mm-hmm. being released stuff back. But I'm convinced more than ever that the next big play will be the new Avengers, right? Mm-hmm. So where we'll get Shang-Chi and Miss Marvel and uh, Kate Bishop's version of Hawkeye and Shuri uh, leading the leading the charge behind uh, Sam Wilson's Captain America. So uh, I think that'll be what the focus is on it. And obviously with Captain America launching on Disney+, Plus, it's a nice way to remind everybody that they had planted those seeds already. So yeah, I'm thinking that that's what we'll be getting out of that. And yeah, it's a cool idea. I, and them dropping it on a Friday. I haven't looked at the dates, but that'd be a pretty baller move. If Netflix has a big drop coming that day and <laughs> Disney plus was just like, <laughs> here you go. Get them, dad, get them fire. <laughs> is Boba coming? <laughs> well, there he is. There he was. Just a kid. <laughs> quick, quick cameo on the nerd room. <laughs> Yeah, that's right, man. That's right. But uh, yeah, it'll be cool. It'll be cool. It'll be something exciting. And just like you said, it'll be cold here. So um, perfect time to just sit down on the couch, cuddle up in my plush symbiote blanket and watch all the content <laughs> that uh, Marvel and Disney Plus is going to unveil for us. Yeah. Then you got Hawkeye on the other side of it. <laughs> no Way Home, Book of Boba Fett the following month on top of everything else. You know, we, we talked about it last week about this crazy amount and it just keeps building up. Nothing is being taken away. It's escalating, escalating throughout the year. You know, we had a very slow year last year, but still lots of content. And this year, I feel like every time we get at the mics, we got another thing to pile on top of what we already have. And and even this week, they teased a little bit of Peacemaker. We got a first look at the show as well from a very similar sort of HBO Max trailer of what is coming. Oh, man, and there's a shot where you can catch just a quick glimpse of Vigilante and what they've done with that character for this show. Oh, man, he looks ripped straight out of that miniseries. <laughs> like, I got fond memories of buying those comics at some comic store in West Edmonton Mall as a young kid, and dude didn't want to sell it to me. But Vigilante in his crazy 1980s tracksuit was beautifully realized by James Gunn, it seems. So, <laughs> yeah, man, like, I was excited for Peacemaker, but this stupid glimpse... Of this ski goggles and tracksuit wearing character got me even more hyped. <laughs> lot to be excited about, guys. And you know what? Big weekend nerd, but I think probably a little bit bigger week on the plastic side of things. So let's spend the rest of the episode talking about our weeks in nerd. So 
big weeks, big weeks. We've had consistently big weeks here, and it's it's been a lot about transition and trying new things with Transformers, Black Series coming back in a big way, Marvel Legends consistently hitting it, the McFarlands, of course. But what did you guys get cooked up? I, I We found out just by chance, talking here pre-show, that we all managed to wander through our local comic book shop last Sunday at different periods of time. <laughs> And funding what is inevitably Marty's retirement at this point. <laughs> yes. So, Troy, what were yep. you out in the hunt for this past week? And what sort of plastic ended up back in your nerd room? Yeah, man. It's, uh, it, it, was, it was another cool, fun week. Um, not too, too crazy, but it was, it was fun. It was all kinds of fun. And, um, I mean, I already mentioned the comic book. So, we did, um, I did pick up the Batman's. Um, but when it comes to the toys, when it comes to the plastic, it's Marty's, man. Marty holds it down. Phoenix Comics, guys. Check them out. Um, I get the message. I get the DM from our boy, Bruce. Carlos. He's everywhere. Goddamn Batman. <laughs> he's he's everywhere, man. He's, he's hitting the streets hard. And um, I think he actually DM'd, DM'd us all. And he's like, hey, man, like Walmart, your local Walmart, pretty close to myself and Timbo's. There's the Captain America 40th. Not the 40th. It's the Infinity, Infinity Saga. Yeah. And it comes in that cool rectangle box. And um, I was like, sweet. Got to swing by there. Pick that guy up later that night. Looks fantastic. But Carlos also earlier sends us a DM. And he's like, hey, man, like the TMNT uh, <laughs> Super 7 Ultimates line, Michelangelo. Like, here he is. I'm like, oh, my God. Because I've been clicking refresh on Amazon, like, for the last two weeks looking for that guy. Um, and here he is, like, in town. And he's, like, a lot cheaper. So, boom, I go down there. I pick that guy up. Stop at my mom's house. Like, mom, I really, really need my old turtle van ah. back. Like, I need that thing. So, <laughs> so I go there and I pick it up. And it's, and she had it there. Everything was good to go. And I was like, oh, it looks great. It looks great. It's missing the roof and, like, a couple of, like, accessories. But for the most part, it's functional. So um, picked that bad boy up and just came home. And, man, I was like, this is so cool. Because Super 7 does a, a really neat thing when they give you two heads. One that's more, like, comic, ac- comic accurate. Mm-hmm. Another one that's like a throwback to the straight like playmate style. And um it was cool, man. So had some fun with those guys. Got the turtle van, got Michelangelo, and I got myself the Captain America. So it's kind of like a really like cool, diverse kind of weekend nerd, but um it was fun, man. The Captain America too, and, and Tim will get into it because that's his guy, but this figure is such a great Whoa. improvement from the original Infinity War release. Yeah. Let's let's talk about it right now, man. It blew my mind. Let's do it. So hop in there, man. That's all oh, you need. Okay, so yeah, Bruce, as, <laughs> as Troy calls him, <laughs> was out here just grinding for the rest of us. And we get this, yeah, like Troy said, this DM about this cap. And my first thing is, okay, these are expensive figures. These are $40 figures Canadian. So they're, they're about 10 bucks more than they should be. And just because they're in this Infinity Saga line, that they've propped up in a similar way to the 10th anniversary where these are are better figures or bigger figures. They're not really. They're still the same figures, just in a different box. But this Captain America is a Walmart exclusive. And my fear with this one is that it's such a substantial upgrade from the original 2018 release of the figure that it's going to go very quick and be very difficult to find afterwards. So I message Carl's Redo, just grab it for me. He says, cool. And like 10 minutes, 10 minutes later, he's on my doorstep with the figure, which was amazing. But like Troy said, the upgrade on this figure, particularly around the head sculpt, is where the other figure mm-hmm. falls really flat. 
is the head sculpt looks like a kid from the early 2000s with the flipped up Caesar cut and a really crappy beard. Doesn't look like Evans at all. And it really detracted from the from the figure because that was a cool look. It was a real subversion of expectations for the look of Captain America at that point in time, the beard, the hair, the everything. And so it was such a contrast from all the figures we had previously. And it was the first time I think we got a figure without a helmet on for Captain America in the Marvel Legends line, with the exception of the 10th anniversary one. So to have that figure fall so flat on its first release was it it was a bit hurtful but when they announced this i was like okay bring it on and to have it in hand like the the gauntlets are better because the original figure came with one black panther gauntlet this one has the two they're the right size the evan's head with the beard and the hair is perfect so this one quickly shot up to one of my favorite marvel legends so good on hasbro for going back and making these corrections i think it's cool that they are taking time and rectifying some of the mistakes of the past. And I don't blame Hasbro for, especially the Infinity War and Endgame stuff, because they're getting really early concept art. This, those movies were mm-hmm. so secretive. Is they're handing them stuff so early in production that none of the figures from both of those movies, the first waves, none of them were even close to what we saw on screen. And so yeah. to go back, I think Chris Evans at the time had that hairstyle, right? He may have, like, like I he think he did. wore. Yeah. I think that's a wig he wears in Infinity War, right? But I think there's like earlier press photos of him, like like earlier concepts, and yeah. he had kind of like that Caesar look, and then they kind of changed it later. Yeah, like yeah. if you go to the art of Endgame, you can see all the looks, even the gray suits for those quantum suits. You know, the, from the Marvel Legends, that's in there. That early version of Cap with shorter hair. Actually, I'm looking at it on my wall here. And yeah, it's Ryan Meandering. He has that exact haircut, that beard, even the dark suit is on this picture. Mm -hmm. So it's from concept art. So Hasbro's not to blame for that, but I'm going to give him praise for for going. I don't like the price, but (laughs) I still got the figure. So yeah, this cat figure is amazing. And Troy, I got to tell you, when I saw you pull up that turtle van, missing pieces and all, I freaking love not only the photo you put up, but I love just the wear and tear on it. Like it shows yeah. like how important this this vehicle was to you as a kid, and you know a lot of my figures are in, are in great shape, but those older figures I kind of like a little wear on them. Like there's a bit yeah, of history definitely. behind the toy. There's a yeah, there's man. a story there. Like there's hours and hours of playtime into that van, and now you got it set up with these brand mm-hmm. new figures that are a throwback, and you got the 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 what do you call it the fan biker or skateboard too. From, yeah, the skateboard yeah. man, because it came with like a foot that would like fold underneath, mm-hmm. and you could blow the propeller yeah. and it would spin. Like I, I love that thing. So I have I have Mikey rocking that right now. And uh, how yeah, did you get him cool, suspended cool for thing. your picture? Yes, though. good, great questions. Oh <laughs> man, you know I was racking my brains out. So I had it on the table set up. I had everything posed up, ready to go. And I was like, well, the Optimus stand that I have from the the DLX line, I'm like that thing can hold anything. Yes. But I'm like, it doesn't have any clamps. So I'm like, how can I position? So that didn't work. And then I tried the Superman McFarlane stand. That didn't work. Like, I failed a lot. <laughs> so eventually, I was um, I was looking at my uh, my console system for my video games. And I had a bunch of, like, old controllers laying around. And I was like, you know what? Like, I don't need these controllers. But I need the wires from the controllers. So I ended up cutting these, these controllers to get a wire. Because I had no rope in hand. And I was really impatient. Like, when I want to do something, I just, I act. <laughs> so 
I, I cut these cords. I like suspend the cords. <laughs> I hang them off like from the lamp and I tie it what? around. And yeah, and I'm using like putty to like hold Mikey. So like I tie it around and Mikey's back um, pouch for his nunchucks, it actually fit the cord perfectly. So it's like sweet. I can like loop it through that. But the thing is, Mikey was just hanging kind of like facing down on my table. So I'm like, well, that doesn't work. Like, this looks ridiculous. So I end up taking like a bunch of putty that I use for like some head sculpts. And it stick them. I stick them to like the back of the wire to suspend them. But he kept moving around. And I only had so much time before like the putty would wear out. So it's like, damn it. Like, this isn't working either. So then eventually I got it lined up the way I did. I was about to take the shot. And then Mikey's head went back down. So I had to pop Mikey's head off actually. Use some more putty to actually have his head look articulated more <laughs> so it's at the camera. And then I had again I had so much time to work with because the putty was about to go. And then I took a couple shots and I managed to capture him at the right time in the right place because everything else was, you know, the way it was. And then once I got the suspension right, then it's just a matter of kind of erasing the line because I had the line uh match up with my Marvel Legends. So if you look at it closely, it kind of looks like it belongs with the Marvel Legends box. But when you erase it, it kind of makes it look like there's a gap. So it worked out okay after, you know, 20 or 30 shots in there. <laughs> so the, it worked out. It worked I out. I love the commitment to that. It's an awesome photo. Yeah, man. Go check it out. It's on Troy's <laughs> thanks, Twitter. Thanks. Maybe we'll check it up on the Instagram too. Because it is uh, yeah, it's worthy. Yeah, absolutely. Because I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, was he in there doing editing now? Like, is he scrubbing out <laughs> wires and stuff? <laughs> I know everything that absolutely. Troy posts on our group Instagram is it costs the fans because I'm I'm just like uh, I'm not gonna bother. Yeah. I'm not gonna bother. <laughs> there's, there's no point. <laughs> Slumming it. Slumming it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like Bruce when he meets Jace in that alley in in Future State Batman, and he's just like, I got nothing. I got this bullet in my knee, and I'm broke. I got nothing. I got this coat and a mask. <laughs> That's what it's like. That's what it feels like. I, I know exactly what panel you're talking about. <laughs> yes. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, Carlos, take us away. What 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 did you get up to this week? Oh man. Well, yeah. Obviously, Batman Day was a a cool part of my weekend nerd. But my weekend nerd literally started minutes after we got off the mics with each other last week. Because Tim sent me a DM and he's like, dude. There's this guy in this Facebook uh, collectors group that I found for Southern Alberta or for Alberta. And um, yeah, you might have some stuff that you want. So exchange some messages back and forth, some tense negotiations. But just today, he arrived fresh off the Canada Post truck. I own Flash Thompson, Agent Venom. Yes. Marvel Legends figure. Yes. He came home. Anti-Venom? Like the all white or the black? I got the black, but the black. Oh, I, I'm happy to have him because that, yeah. like he he is the more popular version of the character, and he's actually the harder figure by far, by quite yeah. a decent margin to get. So, because um, I think he was an exclusive to like Walgreens yeah. or something, but then they also released him in a wave of like a Spider-Man Build-A-Figure wave for like the Ultimates Goblin. So, yeah, he had a kind of a wacky release. Like, if you actually mm-hmm. look at his box, it's a Spider-Man box. But then they have his picture on the back of the thing with the little disclaimer saying that he's not part of that Build-A-Figure wave. <laughs> and then his name on the front. But the panels on the sides are for, like, the amazing Spider-Man figure. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but anyways, I'm, like, just stoked. Like, I, I couldn't even believe that I finally came to the end of this journey thanks to our boy Tim and, like, have 
the anti-venom in hand. So I'm happy to have that. And then the agent anti-venom, like the white one, will be easier to find for sure. And even if I just slum it and buy that stripped down one up at Snap, it's good enough because I got the OG, all his gear, all the guns, the, the symbiote tentacles. So super happy to have him. I, I haven't had the guts to take him out of the box yet. So right now he's just with Eddie and the that big one, my very first Marvel oh. legend just on my desk right now. So he came and he came with, uh, it started a dangerous path because I was like, <laughs> I've been going back and forth with Troy a little bit. And I was like, you know, <laughs> I'm sitting in my office office all the time now and looking up at those old Spidey comics I have on the wall. And I'm like, I kind of like to put together a sinister six, but I can't find Norman Osborn anywhere. So it might not be part of the OG sinister six, but you got to have goblin. If you're going to have a Spidey display and, uh, the same guy had him. So I was like, well, he's not going to budge too much on the price of Agent Venom. So throw in that goblin and have some negotiation fodder. So Norman came as well. And then knowing that Norman came, I had to go and keep working on that Sinister Six. So <laughs> grab myself an Electro before he disappears. And then the reason that I was at Marty's and found... So Electro was why I found Captain America because I went to that eb over there because i yes. had seen him before and he's he's really cheap there for whatever reason so i grabbed the electro there knowing that he was cheap and then i went over to marty's to buy mysterio because i knew that mysterio was there and like it's so stupid i don't worry about this stuff at all but as i'm buying this i'm thinking of tim waking up with night sweats about the ronto figure <laughs> last week and running to to marty's and i was like I got to get this Mysterio. But it's just as well that I did because it was meant to be because Michelangelo ended up coming home mm. for you. So, um, yeah. So I, I've i got Norman locked up and I've got Mysterio and Electro locked up. And, yeah, I, I'm sure. So now I think I'm up to speed with the retro card. So now I can just kind of poach them as they're coming out kind of thing. And it's cool. Like my my youngest daughter is like really into the fact that we're getting these. So now we're like negotiating back and forth who we get and who we don't get. So that new wave, she's like, you got to get the shocker. I was like, why? I hate the shocker. And she's like, no, I love the shocker. <laughs> um, and then I'm like, well, we got to get Hobgoblin. Like he was a big part of that. And she's like, no, Hobgoblin's stupid. It's all about the Green Goblin. And I was like, what? It's like, I'm not buying shocker if we can't get Hobgoblin. So it's kind of neat that she's like so invested in us That's doing cool. these figures. But uh, yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. And who would have thought that we'd be coming into this year and I probably spent the most on a single Marvel legend <laughs> <laughs> oh, of the group. But <laughs> look, we don't do anything half-ass here in the nerd room. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's it's all or nothing. <laughs> I know, man. Yeah, that was that was crazy. That was crazy. Poor Flash Thompson. No, oh, well, but, I'm uh, so happy you yeah. got that figure. Like that Flash Thompson, that Age of Venom, and man, the black version is so cool. Like it's so cool. Like what that story arc does mm. for Flash Thompson, the mm-hmm. layers that it adds, and now that you got that in that Marvel Legends scale, because like yeah, there's like the selects and and whatnot, but this guy here is like because he's still part of the new buck where he looks great with the current Marvel Legends as opposed to like that Marvel Legends. Hasbro Toy Bears era, like he's part of that new wave, right? So mm-hmm. he looks good, man. That's a great figure. Yeah, so he's that. cool. And it's like I, yeah. I started reading the stuff that happens with the symbiote after the Agent Venom stuff because I just loved it so much. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of cool to see the impact that Flash had on the symbiote. And he's like, ends up bonding with this dude. Like he's 
bonding with people and they're, he's like, well, they're not as good people as Flash was. And it's kind of cool that the transition from Venom into like a true anti-hero as opposed to mm-hmm. the kind of weirdy Eddie Brock version of the 90s was born out of Flash bonding with the symbiote. So, 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 so did I win you over? Are you on my side now? That Flash Thompson is the definitive Venom, <laughs> the superior Venom, the best Venom. Are you there? Man, I, I spent a lot of money on the Flash Thompson <laughs> Agent Venom figure. So, yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh, man. I, I literally put my money where my mouth is. <laughs> what it, was, it was such a random find, too, because I, I rarely go on that Facebook page. And I was just – because I was – like, again – this plastic fever that comes about me sometimes I was looking for Marvel legends and black series figures. Cause it's kind of like an amalgamation of all collecting. I'm just scrolling through. And this guy had a ton of legends and I zoomed in. I was like, Oh, this looks interesting. <laughs> the worst part about it, I'm, I'm just a <laughs> terrible friend at this point because I messaged Carlos. I said, I don't have my, I don't have Facebook, my phone. I said, I'm pretty sure this guy had what you wanted. And I think I might've sent you a picture. Or maybe it was the next yeah. morning, but I was like, I, it's downstairs. I can't do it. So I left him hanging for a whole night. <laughs> and he just left me like the the picture of the guys, like not even like with the listing so I could no, look it up myself. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but but it was fine. It, it all worked out. It all worked out. So yeah, I was, uh, I was pretty happy. And like being as the guy was like in Alberta, it only cost me 20 bucks to get it That's shipped awesome. to me. And he did oh, a nice. sublime job wrapping nice. it up all nice and whatnot and and like the funny story with the goblin is i'd been looking for the goblin for a while and i couldn't find him in any retail setting like and i'm pretty diligent with like i hit all the local stores if none of the stores have it then i'll go to like the stores that employ people so like eb games and walmart and stuff couldn't find any of those then i'll check amazon and then if not there then i'll look at the american toy retailers and nobody had him so I get him, he's coming, and then I was looking up other Marvel Legends on Sunday night. Troy knows this story. And Amazon does the recommendations, <laughs> and I get a hit back for Ag Green Goblin. But the reason I never found him, there's only one in all of Amazon Canada, is because the idiots at Amazon have it listen, listed as SDR, so that's the abbreviations for Spider-Man, I guess. SDR, Legends, Green Pepper. What? <laughs> yeah. So Green Pepper. And so that's why I never found the one Norman Osborn that they had on there. The most ridiculous thing ever. Green Pepper. There you go. That's a new one. Yeah. <laughs> the Man, Green Pepper. I tell so, you, yeah. Amazon sometimes, I will go... 10 pages deep searching Marvel Legends or Black Series because sometimes random stuff pops up. Like you get like a yeah, Black like, Series that's up for $40 on one page and you go down another six pages and it's for like half the price from a different vendor. Or the sweetest green peppers you've ever, ever. seen in your life. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I kept up that, that plastic pace because – Holy moly, it was a Black Series weekend. I continue this Star Wars collecting renaissance. It wasn't particularly this week focused on the power of the Force, but I took down all of my Black Series from my shelf, got the shelf cleaned up, restacked everything, and started opening. I opened about eight or nine figures 
go check out her Instagram. I, I popped up a few images. And I got to tell you, Black Series Out of Box is incredible. Like, I didn't appreciate it. I had the Hoth Han Luke or the Bespin Han Luke and, and Leia for since Empire Strikes Back, since the they dropped those figures on the vintage card backs. Never really looked at them more than once. Opened them up. Holy, the face sculpts are good on these. Like, hmm. far superior to anything I've seen in the Star Wars line for all of those figures. And then I opened up that deluxe Boba Fett, the Return of the Jedi Boba Fett. One of my oh, nice. one of my new favorite Black Series figures. It is so good. There's a lot of pieces, and like I got this like the fire and all that that I didn't pose with it, but it poses so well. And I had that Han and Carbonite as well from that nice. vintage card back. I cut that out and I had it all posed up. Oh man, I am back in love with the Black Series. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. It's amazing how different figures look when you take them out of the clear plastic. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't think. Night and day. Night and day in some of these figures. Like, I wouldn't have given this Bespin Han a second look on a shelf, but in hand, it is a spitting image of Harrison Ford. It is so, so good. And as I was doing this, I was watching Star Wars stuff, and I had that Galleries episode back on, and there's a funny thing that kind of got me thinking about all these Luke Skywalker figures that Troy, you and I have been talking about for forever, how he looks different in every single iteration that they put out. And when they're doing all that deep fake stuff on mm. stars galleries for Luke, they had about a dozen pictures and they're like, he looks different in every picture. It's really hard to deep fake, deep fake Mark Hamill because all of these <laughs> reference shots that we have, he looks different. And I'm thinking, Okay, that's going to be my headcanon now as to why he looks different. And Hasbro's like, we know! Yeah. We know! <laughs> We've been trying, and you guys keep complaining that it doesn't look like him, but here's the reference shot. It looks just like him. Because he and I have to say, he's a character that consistently looks different. Sometimes he's really tanned. Other times he's got dark hair. Sometimes he's got light hair. Sometimes yeah. he's just everywhere with a Yavin Ceremony Luke. <laughs> yes. But that, yeah. I So... Big recommendation to to start popping those Black Series out, guys, if you haven't, because I had an absolute ride on this weekend, so much so that I dipped by Marty's. This is where we put them through retirement this weekend and picked up a couple more Black Series, Tuscan Raider, and I grabbed an Admiral Piet, both on for 20 bucks for whatever reason. Could not could not resist those. So that's the Archive Tuscan Raider, and that fits with Mando or... I'm kind of going with an OT focus now. I've decided, okay, this is where I'm gonna I'm gonna land because I, I love the original trilogy and I just love these figures so much. I took about six eight months off of collecting them and I found like a new passion for them, which is which is great. And then I also I also bought a few Power of the Force this weekend too. <laughs> <laughs> Tie fighter pilot and a a stormtrooper. And I had a good talk with Mike Tarkin from Sandcrawler. I said, all right, here's my focus. <laughs> so I'm gonna collect 95 to 98 and the Beast. He says, I wouldn't really call that focus. You know, that's like a hundred something <laughs> figures, but it's okay. I can pick at it. This is a, a line that's relatively easy to get my hands on. And that was the era that I kind of collected or played with them that I think actually 95, yeah, 95 to 98 or so. So, yeah, it's just, it's just been another great weekend, whether it was the Captain America, the Black Series, the Power of the Force, it, it was just all firing. Like I cannot get enough of collecting right now because every weekend is different and it's exciting because next weekend might be Ghostbusters. I was 
do an eBay lot or trying to purchase stuff. You know, I was texting the guys this morning or this afternoon, right before we started recording. I was like, okay, I'm five minutes. I got this lot secured. And I literally, as the two second mark, it goes boom, 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 you lose. <laughs> so I lost a lot by $2, but that's Shoot. okay. That's okay. They, they, they'll come. I've, I learned my lesson on eBay is that you don't want to be the highest bidder come the last like minute because you have no power, no power. You're just kind of stuck, but that's okay. And so it's, it's great. You know, I... And I did, sorry, I got one more thing. I did cap off the week with uh, another Marvel Legends figure, and it was an Iron Man figure, actually. So I don't know if you guys remember, a probably about a year ago, in the pandemic era at least, I've been picking up these Walmart-exclusive 2012 Avengers figures. And they, you couldn't get them up here. They were for the Avengers film. This was pre-2014. 2014 was like the big relaunch of Marvel Legends in their current form with the new window boxes and being very readily available before that they were more exclusive types to things like comic book shops and walmarts and these and this line of six or seven figures for avengers was really hard to get i managed to find the iron man from that set which is a repackage oh, of the iron man 2 marvel legends with some damage on it so it's really cool so i got four of those figures now the cap the loki thor and now iron man so i got it for a song 15 bucks and Dude, it was that, you know that guy that comes out with the box? The weird guy? Troy, you've been there before? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was yeah. that guy again. I was like, oh, yeah. I rolled up. I was like, <laughs> yep, I've been here before. <laughs> <laughs> just like saunters out with a box full of figures, and you just got to pick out the one you, you purchased off them. <laughs> so very, very odd way to end the week. But, man, I, I'm loving, loving collecting right now. I have... I'm just having a blast with it. I'm so glad that you guys are are enjoying it as well because it makes it that much more exciting to to break things down at the end of the week. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Actually, uh, the other thing I found at Marty's, speaking of deals and things that you weren't expecting to find, was I found the NECA Robocop. Oh, yes. Like in the package. That's got to be the pickup of the week. Took all the air. Yeah, he's he's not the greatest Robocop figure in the world, but like he's pretty coveted. Like, Got him for twenty two bucks Canadian, and like the cheapest one on eBay was a hundred dollars. So, um, and, and to be honest, for me, just getting the NECA Robocop, I thought it was kind of cool because like, like Troy kicked it off with like the NECA Turtles, and you got the Back to the Future stuff, and so getting the NECA Robocop that was like kind of like my movie. Like everybody's got their NECA That's movie cool. guys, right? Yeah. So, that like to be honest, that made me excited about it. That was my very first thought, and I was like, "Oh, that's sweet! I get to join the club now with my guy." <laughs> that's your movie. That's so cool, man! I got to see the photos. I got to see the photos. Does he like light up? I remember, like as a kid, I had the old like RoboCop, and I think he had a light up feature with the gun. Yeah, his, so yeah, that's why I always associate red, with. Yeah, the red visor, and they used to make that light yes. up. Yes. Yeah, I know this guy. He's pretty plain Jane. He comes with like a swap yeah. out hand with like the CPU spike and stuff. Um, cool. but that's about it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just Can't like I said, it's it, just cool to have the, the NECA Robocop. So yeah, that NECA love, you know, so cool. we've been, we've been given every toy line, figure line collectible level for the past couple of weeks. And, yep. and I really hope it continues because it's, it's been a fun ride through it this year in particular. And with all the stuff coming at us, guys, we are never going to run into things to talk about as I was worried earlier on today that we would uh, be short content, but, Clearly not. Clearly not. So we hope that you guys are having a positive, exciting time, whether it's with the content 
or whether it's with the collectibles. And if you'd like to share that or be a bigger part of the show, you can always email us at thenerdroom at gmail.com. You can find everything we do over thenerdroom.net. The hunt is real and it's very, very real lately. <laughs> and you can find yes. images of that over on our Instagram page where the three of us all contribute to that, showing off our pickups and our collections. That's at the NerdRM on Instagram. And where the discussions are happening day to day is over on Twitter. Our handles are at the end of the episode. You can usually catch us there, either adding us or you can use the hashtag WeTheNerd. And one last thing, guys, the nerd room's growing. So we're just going to leave it there, but it is growing. We're going to be doing a lot of different things in the future here. We have We have plans with other people, other podcasters, and we want to see the nerd room expand and continue to share the positivity across the board in all of these fandoms. So more on that to come in the not too distant future. But with all that week behind us, all that plastic now currently residing in our room. So I know we all got to open up some figs here tonight, maybe take some time, but until next week, everyone for the nerd room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Batman. And thank you guys very much for entering the nerd room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, Sanjay, and Carlos on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, Sanjabi, and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from The Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter.